Women's Ministries in a Disciple-Making Church. This is the topic of today's podcast with ReChurch. Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. I'm glad to have Matt and Kelly Collier back on the podcast with us again today. Uh, Matt and Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. For those who are not familiar with this, from our earlier conversation, uh, Matt is the pastor at Bethany Baptist Church in Brevard, North Carolina. Uh, his wife is Kelly. They've been married 20 years, did you say? 20 years. Yes. They have been pastoring here in Brevard for 12 years. Yes. And what we're going to focus on today is really the women's ministries within a church that has adopted a disciple-making philosophy of ministry. Uh, so, Kelly, if you would, just take us through how um, when, when Matt developed his philosophy of ministry of disciple-making within the church, how this affected the ladies' ministry. Matt, jump in here at any point and, and talk about how this really started being lived out uh, within the ladies' ministries of Bethany Baptist Church. So, Kelly, talk to us here. Great. Thank you. When Matt took the church here at Bethany, we both just wanted to take a good amount of time to go back to our Bibles and say, Lord, what do you want us to be doing? We both felt very inadequate. In fact, I feel inadequate today. But and that's a healthy That is a healthy that's thing. That's a very healthy thing. I need God, and yeah. that's wonderful. And so we spent a lot of time. For me, as a mom with young kids, it took probably about two years to write our philosophy of women's ministry and just patiently worked through that because I just had nap time. So I hope that encourages some mommies out there who are right. so let me, let me wife. ask you a question. Right. So Matt is pastors writing the philosophy of ministry, focusing, refocusing the church on disciple-making. At the same time, yours is complementing Right, you're complementing the disciple making model that Matt is working through with his leadership. Yes, and so all this is working together. Yes, we're we're talking together. We're we're looking at what Scripture says. I kind of I just really opened my Bible and read through the entire New Testament and wrote down everything it said about women in the church, and then studied those passages and tried to put them together in categories of okay, these go together, and this is something that God says is our role within a church body. And then I'm talking to Matt about it a lot, and we're we're just trying to flesh out what that looks like. And you had some older ladies as well that were part I did. of that process. Once, once I kind of got that study done, and when we talk about a philosophy, what we're really asking is, why do we do what we do? And we want to do that based on Scripture. What does God say is important that we do? And so I was basically writing, what does God say? And then the kind of the application of that, where then let's get a principle statement down. And I did that much. And then I gathered all of the women whose husbands were in a role of leadership within the church, the deacon's wives, any other staff wives. And we met together over the course of uh, a weekend, spent a lot of hours together. I gave them the document ahead of time. And we worked out the last section of the philosophy is then What is the actual practice that we're going to do? And we worked out together as a group with a lot of prayer, um, just how does this look? So it started with the why. It started with the why. That's totally come from Scripture. Mm -hmm. You said you studied really every passage 
where women in the church was were mentioned in the New Testament. Yes. So you work through that, develop the why, and then as you're doing that, then you're coming up with the who, what, when, where. Yes. How to. Yes. And I really had a desire to see our women together come to those conclusions, that it wasn't me saying, well, this is my burden, and so I want to lead us this way, but actually to have all of us together on the same page, seeing what God says, and together coming up with, in our culture, at Bethany, this is how we can best glorify God. All right, so for the sake of all audience who doesn't know Bethany, so Matt, on a typical Sunday, how many people would be here? Uh, Sunday morning, probably around 250. All right, so Sunday morning, 250. So medium to small. Okay, and, and Kelly, the number of ladies you're working with, so how many key ladies in the church? I would say at that meeting, there were probably like a dozen of us. Okay, all right, good. So that was a that's a good significant amount of women sure. who are uh, who are talking through scripture and and taking the time to really mull it over. And then it wasn't until after all of that time I just let everything just keep going like it was until um, so we no had settled that. No were made. changes. Yeah. And at this point, uh, in our last conversation we had is several years in. Mm-hmm. So about how many years are we now into from the beginning when your husband started studying this and then you started studying it. So now you have your ladies together. This is a period of how long? I would say probably like about two years. Okay. And again, I was only tasked with that one category. Right. And Matt and the, the leadership here were doing every category, missions and discipleship. And you know, it just took me a long time just to encourage the women who are listening. It took me a long time just because I have young children. But I think you could do that quicker if you had more bigger blocks of time to devote to but it. But the main thing, you're laying a, a new foundation. Yes. You're refocusing. Mm-hmm. So go thorough every passage you yes. did. You're praying through it. You're discussing it. You're, you're working it out. And that takes time. It does. It takes time. And it takes time for people to be willing to shift in their thinking too. But they won't unless they see that it's grounded in the Word. You know, or it won't last. If it's grounded in a person, it's not going to last. But if it's grounded in the so you go from personality driven or a program driven right. to a biblical disciple making model. Yes, so philosophically aligning with Scripture on making disciples. Yes, of your in your Jerusalem. Right, and I think what was so special for us to see was that when our philosophy was finished and written. You know, again, it went through the leadership, the men in our church were able to look at that and, and give input and help it, help correct us if there was wrong. But what we really came to is, is this big theme that we are here to complement. We don't compete. And that really the core of what we're to be doing is to be speaking truth into each other's lives and helping each other right, grow. So what would a competing ministry look like? Yeah, I think competing means that we just are thinking in terms of us as women. And so we make decisions and we don't think about how it impacts the family or the resources of our church. Let's say we're going to do this big event and it's going to take this much money and this many man hours. But is that really how we're supposed to be using the resources and our husbands will be very frustrated by the end of it because we're out for so long and it's just taken so much of our time. Traditionally, there are a lot of events that we do that take a lot of time that don't have a lot of really spiritual fruit that lasts from it. So would it be fair to say in the disciple-making model and philosophy that's been adopted here at Bethany based on your study of Scripture and other resources that really you're moving away from an event-based evangelism to a relationship-based mm-hmm. culture of reaching neighbors, friends, families, communities for Christ, 
And then even within your church, developing relationships to encourage, to pray for each other, to sharpen one another. Is that a fair way to put it, Kelly? Very true, yes. And it's not that we're opposed to events because it can be helpful when you can have outreaches that way. It, it provides a platform, but we don't want it to be the driving force behind it, that we have to have an event or this is not going anywhere. Right. When people well, think sir. of ladies' ministry, that's mm-hmm. typically what they think of. I had a group of gals over last night. Their husbands are considering going into ministry. And I said, what do you think of when you think of ladies' ministry? And that's immediately what came to mind was a program, an event. And we really want to shift that. Such as a conference or tea. Yes. um, Yeah. Mother-daughter tea or whatever. Those can be helpful along the way again. But what we've really discovered is that people won't really get involved in relationships unless somebody comes alongside and helps them do it. And so um, that became really the focus of what we do as women. And that philosophy paper is like my sweet umbrella. It's it's really almost like um, a wife with her husband. He's the umbrella that protects And this philosophy protects from all the fun, great ideas that come. We run it through that grid and we're able to then weed out, okay, those are maybe good ideas, but they're not really what we're here for. And it just really gives us focus and enables us to do what we're here for, which is to complement and help the church fulfill its mission. And we can be a part of that. Knowing your ministry uh, fairly well, also I know you're gifted in the area of, in this disciple making, a lot of one-on-one disciple making. So you have a lot of history with counseling. You have um, a lot of experience in dealing with specific problems that come up in in, in a lady's life. So if uh, another pastor's wife is listening to our conversation this morning, what would be several areas that you have seen repeated, several key areas in the disciple-making process where ladies tend to struggle where they could be equipped? And what would a few of those areas be? People often come when they're in great distress, but those are kind of presenting problems. I've seen a lot of the presenting problem of sexual sin recently, a lot more in recent days. And that can be with singles or those who are married. And I found at the root of that though, or other other issues that are similar, in nature, we're looking for something to, to satisfy or looking for for an identity somewhere. And when you look at that presenting problem and get down to the root, a lot of times it's it comes back to, I don't know God. I was made for that, right? We're, as people were made to know him and to have an intimate relationship with him. And when that's lacking, we hunger for it. He designed us that way. And so we go searching for something that will fulfill that. You mentioned, I want to focus on something. You mentioned the word root here. Yes. All right. So in the whole philosophy of disciple making, this is helping people grow to know who Jesus Christ is Mm -hmm. and then come to him as as Savior. But then the next step is, of course, to grow in him, right? Yes. And as you mentioned the root, so just walk through briefly how you help someone really come to know who God is. We really love the model that Jesus presents in Luke chapter 6 and the idea of a tree bearing fruit and the presenting problems that people bring, that's the fruit that you see, you know, the, the sin in the life that is obvious and you can observe it. But if all we do is just tell people like, okay, you know, your lying is hurting you. Let's get rid of that. It really doesn't help them essentially because that fruit is there for a reason. It came from a source. It was sourced in the heart, as Jesus says, so out of the, the fruit heart. of anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, all of this. Yes. Is, is simply the result of something 
deeper that's going on inside. And really, I think a lot of what you mentioned, those, those emotional aspects, that is huge for women. We don't think right. We're very emotional. (laughs) And that's something I talk to almost every person who comes to me. We talk about that, our thinking and our emotions. And, and yet even in the heart, if we're able to dig down deeper, if they'll take the time to let the Lord expose that, you see the desires that are there that are wrong, but they came from somewhere too. And I firmly believe from scripture that our desires are informed by our beliefs about God. Right. Would you repeat that one more yeah. time? I believe that our desires are informed by our beliefs about God. Good. They're shaped by that. Right. And there are other things that help give us that those wrong appetites too, but but it really essentially comes back to what do I know about God or what do I not know about God or not believe about him? Which that leads into what we concluded for our ladies' ministry, the main benefit that we could provide for our church through our ladies is to have them in the word and talking about really what they're learning in the word. So our ladies ministry primarily is studying the Bible together. Yes. And I think that's what I, what I started realizing early on is that most of my women didn't really know how to do that. They were convinced they needed to, but felt guilty that they didn't know how and I'm talking every age group from your saint, you know, senior saints to um, middle to, to younger. That, that was overwhelmingly what came out was, I'm not going to say nobody, but very few knew the actual how-to mechanics of Bible study. All right, so let's back up to that. So how did you equip the ladies in the church to personally study the Word of God? Did you do it one-on-one? Did you train a certain number of ladies and then they trained others? Once you realized, uh, as Pastor Matt said, that you want to get focusing on the scriptures and the philosophy is now being written and now it's starting to be lived out. Talk to us a little bit about who you trained and who you studied with to help others. Well, we really began kind of as a group because that's what... And the group was about how many people? I would say probably 80 to 90 women that came together. Okay. And in our church, we, that's, we so, that's all the ladies yeah, in the church, right? right? Okay. Pretty much. We put it. Well, we, some outside. Oh, yes, some, yes, outside some would come in. We really anchored it to what they had already known because, again, we hadn't changed anything yet. And we would typically do kind of a winter Bible study on Wednesday nights as women. We'd separate and go down to our fellowship hall right, and so all meet together. Wednesday night during your midweek service. Yes. Child care is in place. Yes. Security is in place. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You're not taking another night out of the week. Yeah. And you did it during that time. Yeah. So and so I then I taught through our philosophy and showed them what our intention is from scripture. Like, what does God want us to be doing? So I'm presenting that to them and saying, this is what your pastoral leadership is asking us to do. And really tying it back to that, that we are here to help them. That's our big question as ladies is how can we help you? So helping achieve the mission of our church looks like us helping our women learn to know God and helping each other in that process. Because Titus says this is really the role that we have every if you look at titus 2 all of the people in within the church every age category is told to be involved in this and titus is tasked with talking to these people the pastor except for the younger women and there's a reason for that and so there's a really important role that we even play in protecting the men in our church by help having our women together in learning and growing together that way so within Bethany Baptist Church, if a, if a lady is struggling spiritually, basically she would come to you or one of the other ladies in leadership in the church. Usually that's how it happens, or maybe it comes to the pastor and then you know he gets other people involved. But we found 
I think I'm going to go back up just a little bit. That first uh, meeting that we had and the first winter Bible study where we're introducing actual Bible study, like these are the mechanics of it. We, this we, is the how to. This is the how to. And we just did it together. I went through, um, I think the very first book that Nancy Lee DeMoss wrote was called A Place of Quiet Rest. Mm-hmm. We read that book together and then I put together a little simple inductive Bible study. This is how you do it. This is how you observe. This is how you interpret. This is how you apply. And we did it together. It became accessible to everybody. And I would have certain individuals who would come to me privately and say, I, I don't understand. And we'd get together and I'd just spend a couple hours and get out my computer and show them Blue Letter Bible. And just, it was sweet to see people hungry for that kind of of, of help. And then the very, the very next thing that we did after having that about eight week study together, we launched then into putting our philosophy into uh, really implementing it better. We went into more of a, a small group where we provide a variety of times for our women to join, um, you know, Monday Monday morning or t- Monday night or a Tuesday morning, Tuesday night kind of thing. Based on their schedules, yes. they would choose their time slot. And so the average group size would be... Yeah, it's about maybe... I personally think that the best group size would be like six. Okay. But our groups ended up being more like 10 to 12 just yeah. because of the leader's availability of, of facil- people who could facilitate that. And I was, I was really surprised. Our first year, we had like 75% of our women involved. Wow. And it was... Seriously done in a way where no leader name was mentioned. Um, we wanted it to be totally away from a personality driven, like I want to be in Kelly's group. And we just organized those groups. We all studied the same thing. We did an inductive study in Titus, actually, Titus chapter two. And we had integrated older and younger together in every group. Just right, about. Let me go back to the big picture. So yeah. back to 30,000 feet, if yes. I put this way. So the philosophy had been worked through. Mm-hmm of really equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. So this is taking place throughout the church. So it got away from the personality-driven yes. to the word-driven. Right. All right, now help people understand if they've never done an inductive study. You've mentioned this word inductive mm-hmm. several times. Just take about 30 seconds to a minute, Matt, if you want to say, you know, there, there's several groups. There, there's a great material on learning to study the Bible inductively. Sure. Pastor Matt, would you comment on that? Yeah, inductive is a way of approaching the Bible where you don't come in with preconceived notions about what you think it says. You're actually coming in to discover what it actually is saying. And so you have three different parts of it, observation and then interpretation and application, which um, each of those can take a lot of time. Observation is more surface. You gather just information on the, the background, the context. Just reading the text, reading over, the text and over, over and over, writing down what you're what yeah. you're learning, you're observing. Then interpretation is where you dig in a little bit more and it's so accessible to anybody today. And that's what we've tried to really communicate to our people or to people we're we're counseling that you can do this. Right. And here are the tools for it. It's not, you don't have to know Greek, you don't have to know Hebrew, you can, you can delve in on your own. And uh, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the Word of God, you have all these tools, and, and you can learn it. And so you, you understand then what God says. And probably I think the hardest part is, because we don't like to, but it's applying it to our lives and say, okay, because of what God says... Now, what does this mean for me? How should I change? Right, How so the third leg, first leg is observation. Mm-hmm. Observation. Second leg is interpretation. 
Yes. And then that third leg, which really changes the life, as you just mentioned, is application. And really with our ladies groups, they were focused on the application part together. That's when they got together. So they had done the study ahead of time. They dug into the passage or the book, whatever it was we're working on. And then they get together and they just share. Transparently is the goal. I mean, Kelly will tell the group leaders, they shouldn't be talking to you. They're, they're talking to each other. This is where we're sharing, sharing what God is doing in our lives. And then to hear application from another lady who's in a similar life stage, that's when the, the sharpening really happens. That's why it's a discipleship tool. And the older women who are giving counsel to the younger who are there and just even the younger women that bring maybe a vibrancy that an older woman needed to see again. You know, there's just, it's happening across so many different levels in those little groups. And to get back to what you had asked earlier, it's within those smaller groups then as those relationships are formed that when problems arise, they feel safe and comfortable going to the people that they're with. So I'm working then with my facilitators and I'm helping them know what do you do when a problem arises. And this is one of our goals is to get our women communicating with each other so that they can go and get the further help that they need, that further one-on-one would come from those smaller groups. So Kelly actually feeds her the leaders uh, discussion questions or insight, extra insight. A lot of instruction. Study, instruction yeah. of, hey, so consider mm-hmm. The key of it, we just kind of glossed right over, the key of it is the ladies are prepared when they come. Yes. So they're digging yes. into God's Word. Because one of the comments, Kelly, you made earlier was one of your goals is to help the ladies just know who God is. Right. And so they're doing this, so you're encouraging them. This is a platform, a reason for them to get in the Word every day on their own. Yes. And to prepare to come for, as Matt as you said, for the application. And it means so much more to them if they discover it first yeah. on their own. And this is not disciple-making. It is. And this is the equivalent, exactly. right? And even the, the web of discipleship relationships within those groups that's happening, that's all part of that process. It's very relational. It's very precious, too, when, you know, we've got... 80 women who are all studying the same passage. So I'm, I'm in the lobby on Sunday talking to somebody who's not in my group, and we can immediately relate on what, wasn't that so, so neat what you saw? Or there is just a unity that is brought that I would not have known before. It's precious to see that happen. And a lot of times what I'm doing then before our year begins, and just to clarify, for us in our culture at Bethany, we're meeting once a month. So that's a way that we're not competing with the resources of time in a a lady's life. But they're not doing a fill-in-the-blank Bible study. They're actually doing a real, you know, open your Bible. It's all guided. It's, you know, you have something in front of you that we're guiding this for you. But you're doing the digging. You're finding it yourself. So they have a whole month to work on that and then come to their group. All right, so back down one minute. You said 80 people. But let's say a pastor's wife is burdened, she and her husband, the pastor, are burdened to start a ladies' ministry. You can do this with two or three. Oh, you can. Okay, so it, the, the yeah. beauty of this philosophy, once you've worked it through, the disciple-making, you don't have to have 80. You no. can do two, you can do 10, you can do 20. Yeah, is and in fact, I don't think our ladies would even know that many people are involved because okay. they never see us all together in that way. We're really just meeting with your 6 to 10, you know, in your little group. But it's, it's so helpful even that we can choose studies or choose that we're going to do a certain passage that actually ties right into what their pastor is preaching through. And maybe an emphasis that's going on that year, that will be our emphasis too. So it's just 
another avenue for getting truth into people's And we've lives. done a variety of studies with the ladies, but sometimes we've done more plow studies where they're reading bulk scripture. They're going through like the book of Acts and looking for different things when I was preaching through that book. And, that was a really um, neat study. Kelly, let me ask this as we kind of wrap yeah. it up. I've been talking to Kelly and Matt Collier, Bethany Baptist from Bavar. So Kelly, if, if a lady is saying, I've got to have more information, Kelly can then call the church office, Bethany Baptist Church in Bavar, North Carolina. Uh, would you be willing to give out an email address for these ladies? Absolutely. And I would, I would love to talk to you about it. My email is kelly.collier at wilds.org. And that's K-E-L-L- K-E-L-L-Y. Yeah. Dot collier at wilds.org. All right, final comments, 30 seconds. Pastor Matt, just encourage our other pastors and their wives to refocus. So how would you, just final comments. Sure. I would say, just going back to the beginning, the Bible is our source Amen. of life and practice. And so you want to start there. And as you go in, just come with an open heart, an open mind. Say, Lord, I don't want to. It's almost the inductive approach to looking at Scripture for a discipleship philosophy. So you just look at it say, okay, God, what do you say? And it means so much more when Amen. you involve other people in it as well from the beginning. So it's not just me as the pastor leading the charge saying, no, it's, hey, let's talk through this together. Let's really flesh it out together and let's try to communicate it to our, our people together. All right, Kelly, closing words. Pastor's wife discouraged not knowing where to start. She knows the ladies need to know God, as you were saying. Just, I just want to say that I think it's really doable. And we tend to make things too complicated. I do at least. And we think it has to look a certain way. But this is so doable. I wish you could see the faces of some of my women who have come to me and said, I don't know how to do this. And then when you share and they're like, oh, I can feed myself spiritually. It's not too hard. And and I think that's something that a lot of my women have come to realize that it isn't too hard. It takes time. That's where the sacrifice is. But it isn't too hard. God is accessible and he wants us to know him. It's truly equipping the saints. Yes. Kelly and Matt, thanks so much for your time. appreciate your ministry. Thanks for taking time. Listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org/consulting.